Q&A. Is that how we're going to clap, man? Yes. Please, Emoji, just find somewhere. Find somewhere. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, anyway, I think. Hope we're comfortable. All right. You can sit down, guys. They are still passing the baskets. Let's pass it quickly. Drop the offerings. Um, who is moderating the Q&A? All right. <laughs> All right. Um, does Prophet have a microphone? How do yes. we do it? Yes. Do you have a mic? Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, we have a couple of questions here, sir. Uh, is how do you save and invest if you have a loan or a debt you're settling and still have to take care of your family and the amount left is barely enough for a month? Okay, um, the first thing is to understand the power of savings and investment. When you understand the power of savings and investment, you will not see it as an option. It's like saying, how do you breathe when there is not enough oxygen? You breathe because you have to be alive. So when you have, you see, that same thinking is why people don't tithe. That same reason is why people don't give, and they end up remaining in the same cycle. When it comes to money, I have told you today, a portion of that money belongs to your past, a portion belongs to your present, a portion belongs to your future. As long as you don't give to the future or belongs to the future, you don't have a future. Now, in New York, years ago, when I started this journey, um, I know Americans very bored, they just ask you questions. So I was talking, and the lady came, you know, I've got to pay bills, I've got to pay bills. How do you expect us to save? You've got to pay bills. So I asked her a simple question. I said, if by virtue of a change in policy, any of the company or organization you pay bills to add an extra $50 or $100 to your bill, how will you survive? He said, I'm just going to find a way to pay the bills. I said, because you have a bill mentality. So if, they, if your bill increased by $100, you will pay the bill. But because you don't have an investment mentality, you don't have a savings mentality, you see it as an option. Savings is not an option. It is compulsory. If you don't save, you are not safe. So even if you are owing, even if you are doing this, if you don't save, you won't come out. Because most of these things is just mindset. That's the way it works, yeah. A round of applause for Okay, so the next question is, uh, says, how do you take the lead spiritually in your family when your wife already does so? Help with steps. Say the question again. How do you take the lead spiritually in your home, in the family, when your wife already takes the lead? Um, so if the person wants practical steps or what to do. Yeah, of course. I mean, error is simply have truth or truth overstretched. So one there's an error, it must be corrected. Uh, the idea that you see that authority to your wife, you are putting a burden on her she was not built to carry. You know, women can take a responsibility they were not built to carry. God built you to be the leader. There must be conversation, understanding, and light in the house. God said, I will not hide anything from Abraham because he will command his household. I mean, Sarah laughed. You know, God was talking to Sarah, and Sarah laughed. And God didn't speak to Sarah. God spoke to Abraham. That Abraham, talk to your wife. So, order is order. 
the, 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 the governor was not there when the miracle was performed. But Jesus said, go and give to the governor of the feast. So, errors and error must be corrected. And that should be practical conversation. And men must take their place and not see that special authority to the woman that she was not built to carry. Okay, so this one is the three-in-one question. It's the same question, but I'll just ask this way. It says, please, sir, what can one can one invest in with one says 300k another one says like 1 million okay well people ask me that question all over the world and my answer is simple the number one thing to invest in is to invest in yourself the reason why you are asking me that question is because you expect me to have the answer why don't you have the answer the reason why I have the answer is because I invested in myself so that I can have the answer so the most important place to invest in is to invest in yourself and that is five levels is to number one invest in your knowledge. knowledge if you don't have knowledge listen to me if you jump up you will come down if you grow up you will fall down if you grow up you will stay up so when you are knowledgeable you will know what to do nobody sees everybody is blind eyes don't see the reason why you are seeing eyes is because there is light when we switch off all the lights everybody will become blind so when you say you are seeing is because light came that's why it's called enlightenment. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in that. So, when you are not enlightened, it's because you don't have knowledge. Ignorance is not a demon, you don't cast it out. So, invest in yourself, invest in your knowledge, invest in your skill, invest in your passion, invest in your dreams, invest in your future. So it is, that's where it starts. So if you, if you have 300,000 now, you first go to the table, buy school of money book. By the time you spend time, so keep the money, buy the book, spend time to read with fasting and prayer plus reading. By the time you come out, it will show you the land that he's sending you to. So that you will not carry the 300 and go and put it in crypto or forex or MMM and then you will now begin to cry. Invest in yourself. And once you understand that, it will help you. Then in case, because we may not have time, there is what I call the trinity of wealth. And um, anytime you want to think of investing, invest in yourself. Then other areas you need to look into is invest in entrepreneurship. Number two, invest in money markets. In whether it's capital market, money market. Number three, invest in real estate. And then number four, invest in intellectual property, which is invest in yourself again. Thank you. Wow. A round of applause for everybody. All right. Um, the next question says... Is it right to align or support the vision of someone else, especially if one, if that person has, if you have the same passion as the person whose dream you want to support? All right. Um, just like uh, Pastor said earlier on, you know, um, the investment thing confuses many people, and because they think the only thing to invest in is a material thing, you know, that is one area of investment. For instance, you can invest in shipping in these speakers to sell it. That's investing in a physical thing. And that is one area of investment. But the truth is that not many people can have the capital to start from here. So there are usually smaller places you can invest in, like knowledge, like you mentioned knowledge. It's definitely an area. Sometimes you, there's even free knowledge. And the more you invest in free knowledge, then you'll be okay with paying for knowledge because you're seeing the value. There's some free knowledge on YouTube. There's some free knowledge on some platforms. Some people on their pages. Some like Pastor Lumine now, he does a lot of um, IG Live and things. That's free. So he's sharing his knowledge. He's right here now to you. He's sharing his knowledge for free. 
Okay, so start with knowledge, you know, um, start with um, your talent, invest in your talent. Sometimes you need to invest in your talent to even earn money to now go and invest in real estate. If you start from zero, you, nobody is going to give you land, all right? In some places, yes, you might do land grabbing or molile or something, but most of that places, you, you need to have invested in something first, then get some returns. So investing in somebody's dream or in a dream with somebody is definitely one of the things you should do. It's part of the human investing relationships. And you're also building your knowledge base by doing with somebody. You're also building your skill. So a lot of things are going on. The truth is that everywhere you are, there's an investment opportunity. I think let's start from there. It's just that it's not always what you are thinking. Sometimes it's relationship that is the investment opportunity. All right? Just like he mentioned on his, I don't know if it will be on the newsletter, but he mentioned about that woman that we talked about, we studied today. They told her to go and borrow vessels, so she needed to have relationships. If she didn't have investment, did you, yes, God wants to multiply her oil, but she had to do two vessels. They said borrow vessels, not a few. So she needed to have had relationships and neighbors to be able to inconvenience them for some time by borrowing their vessels. So relationship is invest. So the truth is that you are always in a position to invest. Take every opportunity to invest. So investing with somebody in their dream is a good way to go. You might not be there forever, but you are learning experience. You are sharing the burden. If it's only you, if it fails, it has failed. Now you are sharing the burden with someone. So it's a good place to start with the risk. So definitely, yes. Go ahead and start from there. And then, sorry, let's use the opportunity to correct something. You see, in this kingdom, everything begins with a seed. Yes. Don't ever ask, expect an harvest of a seed you have not sown. Exactly. So when you are talking of, do I invest in other people, since we have to say, you, are, you see, one prayer people are praying and I laugh. Oh, Lord, send destiny help into my life. Yeah, you it's too, a lie. Yeah. Are you a destiny help? Help yourself. <laughs> you can't reap an harvest of destiny help if you have never been a destiny help <laughs> to somebody. So if yes, you sir. want what, you know, what you make happen for others, God make happen for you. So if you want your vision to become a reality, begin to sow into yes. other people's vision. Yes. You are married. You want a child. You are believing God for a child. Go to children's church. And go and be serving there. Go and be paying for people's coffee. Give money to pregnant people so that you too can be pregnant. It's a seed. That's the kingdom. Yes. I just add something that it's also true that the vision sometimes is big for everybody. You know, um, we have a very, especially we charismatics, we have a very shallow mindset of, you know, I have to be on my own, a leader, whatever. Yeah. But sometimes it was. Joseph never dreamt until the father gave him the coat of many colors. You know, and Joseph's dream was still found in the vision of the father. And sometimes in your father's house, there is, the dream is, the vision is so big that you can find your destiny there. You know, David had received a prophetic word that pursue, recover, pursue, overtake, recover. But he met an Egyptian in a land. And had David passed him by, that prophetic yes. word would never have come to pass. Yes. And in fact, David needed to give... That guy was dying and said he wanted to eat cake. In yes. the wilderness, I want to eat cake. Cake. <laughs> and David gave him cake, fish, and water. Mm. When he helped him out, the guy led David to where the enemies were. Yes. And sometimes people come to you and you don't know, but their destiny is connected to you, but they don't look like it. Yes. And there's some alignment, and we shouldn't be in a hurry to be a lead. And sometimes in the name of the way, we kill people and destroy our own helpers. And, but yes. we have to be in a place where and say that the vision sometimes is big for everybody. Yes. Like in this house, it's big for everybody. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. 
and, um, and, and come to think of it, because I was, it's part of what I want to share today on Vision, Joseph never owned anything. He was always supporting people. That's how he fulfilled his destiny. So sometimes your destiny doesn't mean you have to own your own. Sometimes some of you are going to find your full fulfillment of destiny serving and working with someone. That's it. That's your vision. That's what's going to happen. So don't be crazy about I must own my own. It doesn't always play out like that. A round of applause for Pastor K, please. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this one is directed to Prophet um, Gideon. Danso. Yes. It says, um, I know it is good to have a relationship and prayer life with God. I believe spiritual mentors are essential, but what's the limit on your reliance on them? So I'd like, how do you balance? Well, I mean, good question because, like Pastor Kensley was saying, we we have we have a, first of all must understand why prayer. Prayer is not supposed to be a need-centered thing. Mm-hmm. Prayer is relationship. Relationship. You cannot be in a relationship and not talk. Mm-hmm. So talking to God is not just crucial, it's critical. Mm. You cannot live in a relationship and not communicate. So depending on your spiritual mentor for prayer, it's like saying, I'm in a relationship, I won't talk to my fiancé or my mm-hmm. wife, and I have somebody talk to him or mm-hmm. her. It, it, it doesn't work. And number two, you know, a Christian without prayer life is like an iPhone without internet. You have an iPhone and have no internet. It's basically, I mean, useless. Mm. You can do something. Yeah. You can take notes and all the little things, but connected to internet. You can be here and be in China. You can upload and download and Uber and do all kinds of stuff. So it is dangerous to be a believer and not have a prayer connectivity. You are like an iPhone without internet. Now, now, now watch this. The danger, however, is when I have an iPhone and I don't have an internet and I want to connect to your Wi-Fi. And because most times when you connect to public Wi-Fi, it says it's not protected, so it's virus. <laughs> so people have picked people's Wi-Fi and they pick virus. They pick all kinds of wrong things, off things, crazy things in their body. Carry your own Wi-Fi. Carry your own internet. Carry your own prayer. Build your own spiritual life. Okay. Wow, please, we can keep laughing, please. <laughs> All right. This one says, is a direct question. It says, that's appeared Okay. It says, how can I overcome sexual sin? Yeah. How okay. can I overcome sexual sin? Okay. So it's like um, asking for steps. I think we we'll all look at it, but let me just... The, you see this sexual sin thing? Is people just don't have knowledge. Knowledge is very powerful. Sexual sin begins with understanding what your sexual organ is. Many people think that their manhood is their sexual organ. No, your mind is your sexual organ. As all of you are here now, you are both impotent and potent. If an 80-year-old woman is naked on this altar, you will not have erection. Why? She be the thing they there now. But the 80-year-old woman is naked. You won't have erection. Why? Because that thing is not the organ. But let the babe, you know, well endowed. Keri gaga. Let her, without even, let her just bend down. You just see fairy fera. The thing will be... Why? Because your mind tells you, my God. It's your mind. 
So it's a battle of the mind. And once you're able to understand what your sexual organ is, you will work on your mind. Garbage in, garbage, garbage out. out. And, and just, just after what Pastor, uh, uh, the man of God said, just a little thing. And I, I also think that, like he said about the mind understanding sexual sin, if you understand also the spiritual implication of sexual sins, you will flee. You know, because the idea of sex is that sex is marriage, marriage is sex. So whoever you have sex with, you are married to the person. So imagine that the person slept with that person, slept with that person, slept with that person, and then you also go and sleep. All that the person is carrying, you are carrying. So there are people who are working one, but they are carrying ten. Because they, they be with, people have been with people, and they've been with people, and they've been with people. If you look at it that way, and understand the implication of soul ties and ungodly bonds, you will flee. Because no matter how bad you think your last is, if you say somebody has got HIV, go and do it. You won't do it. Because you know that this thing, are you not? so you have to have knowledge and revelation of what it means to be have sex with somebody and to carry what the person that's what happened to Solomon. One thousand women he was carrying, no wonder he ended up in idol worship. Our understanding of spiritual implication of sexual sin will help us walk away from sexual sins. One of those things. Okay, so this one says, um, I think it's directed to Pastor K. It says, Wife stopped attending church. That's my wife stopped attending and starts to attend another, does not want counseling and financial, does not want counseling, and that there are financial issues as well. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, because of, um, we don't have details of what is going on. All these things you are sharing, they are just symptoms, I think, of the real challenges. So I can't just tell you, oh, do this, do this. We need to get into the real issues of how did she get it? Has she always been like this from the day you married her? If she has always been like this from the day you married her, my brother, this problem came before you. So continue. If the foundation be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. So it's not me you will drag into that matter. If you saw her like that, and you married her like that, now I should come and change somebody the way you married her. Now, but if along the line you guys were good and everything was good and along the she started acting this way, then there might be something that either you are doing or something she has encountered somewhere that is affecting her. So, summary of what I'm saying is that I will need a little bit more investigation than... I don't, I don't want to give you a blanket answer. I don't feel it to do justice. But usually people are not acting in, in a certain way for no reason. There's always a reason. All right? We're either running to something or running away from something. And you need to try and find out why is she suddenly, you know, not wanting to do things with you and all that. So, you know, we need to get into it. All right? So that's what I feel. Okay. Um... This one says, this one's about politics. It says, how can one still convince young people or, uh, to vote or trust in this country while looking at the constitution? Uh, okay. No, it's not a question. Let me move on. Uh, this one says, okay, this one says, I am 27 years and I earn about 200K monthly. But the issue is I have many family responsibilities. And I feel my salary is small 
to get married and start a family, what do I do? Okay, um, one of the challenges we have in Africa is what we call the black tax, you know, carrying evil load. And one of the, um, where you read the Bible, the Bible says it is not the children that lay up for the parents, it's the parents that lay up for the children. If we decide to run and I'm carrying 50 kg bag of rice and you are not carrying anything, there is no way you will not be faster than me. So I will answer that question with a story. When I began this journey, I'm the firstborn of my family. So when I began this journey, I called the family meeting. Because you have all this breadwinner syndrome. You are the firstborn, carry your brother. And I didn't give birth to them. So, so I called the family meeting because when I came out of that eight months of an encounter, the first thing I did was to do a six-day meeting on freedom from poverty and building generational wealth and i told all my family members and all my church members anybody that missed this meeting if you miss it you're on your own because i have just had an encounter and i want to show you what god has shown me because as i then we were all poor so i told them i said this journey that i want to tell you i'm about to start so that when my pepper rests and i blow you will not say it's your titan offering and that's why i i am proud with my money i don't anything where you could talk talk it's your it's your headache because I showed them the road. So I called the family meeting. My father was seated, my mother was seated. And I told them, I have discovered something. I want all of you to be in this place so that you can come and learn. But from today, father, mother, you are not my responsibility. I told them, life, they are still alive, they are in my church. I said, you are not my responsibility. I am your responsibility. You gave birth to me, I didn't give birth to you. The Bible says, I showed them something, you honor your father and mother. Honor is not a levy. So I showed them. I so I am going on a journey. All this, my younger one, I didn't give birth to them. You gave birth to them. All of you, I'm not your breadwinner. Win bread for yourself. Start your own bakery. <laughs> and I did that. 98, 99, 2000. Church members will come to me and say, ah, your parents, you know, at your level. Your parents, I said, did they complain to you? You said, no. I said, so mind your business. By about four years later, by 2001, to be precise, my story has changed. Pepper don't rest. So what I did was I now went to my parents. I said, thank you. Because not every parent will do a meeting like that without cursing their children because they'll be thinking of Africa. I said, thank you for allowing me to move. That freedom gave me haste and a leverage. Now it is where. So I gave my father an envelope with 12 checks. I gave my mother an envelope with 12 checks. So let me give you another. Don't give your parents money together. Give them separately so that when you go, they won't fight. And I say, from today, 2001, you'll be on salary till you die. Anything you want to eat is no more a problem. And then I gave them a car. And for the first time, my father said, Olumide Kunle. They call me man of God, emoji, emoji. But my father, he called me by name. Say Kunle. He prayed for me. And I knew myself. Now I bought them many cars. They have been on salary since 2001. Now, that's, if that was not in place, it would have ended my journey. You are a 27-year-old boy. You are not married and you are talking responsibility. That is an evil load. It's an evil load. And it will hinder your journey. Some people start that journey. They never get out of it. They never get out of it. It's an evil load. People have gone into prostitution because I want to take care of my younger one. I want to take care of the Who sent you that message? That is a burden that God didn't put on you. And if you continue that journey, it will be, your journey will be very far. 
So, but people think he's wicked. Is this? Is that? I don't know. Well, no problem. That's why they say we we rich people. We are wicked people. We are not wicked. We are principled. And principle is wickedness to lazy people. God bless. Oh my God. Hallelujah. That is phenomenal. Praise God. And you see, um, praise God. And people always have that, this kind of thinking when they have a savior mentality. You think everybody will die if you don't support them. They won't die. The Bible says God opens his hands and he satisfies the desire of every living thing. So God has a way of taking care of things. All right. So you are the one even hindering your siblings and family from growing from seeing other opportunities around them. You, they won't die, trust me. You, you just have a savior mentality. You feel they will die, they won't die. Like they say, if you think you're the El Shaddai, you shall die. So leave them. There's only one, there's one person in charge of everybody in this life. Let them face that person. All right, this, please, round of applause for, wow. This one says, please, Pastor K, if your younger brother hits your wife when you were not around... Let me finish. <laughs> Please, if your younger brother hits your wife when you were not around, when you come back, what should you do? Okay. Uh, again, it might be difficult to properly do justice to this question. Um, there are some homes where this younger brother, if you even talk too much, he will beat you. Join. So, I don't know all the... Yes, it's true. Because ordinarily, I would have told you to when you go home, give him a good beating. But in some cases, if you even go, he will beat you too. So, um, so, I would like to know more about what happened. However, um, definitely you have to draw boundaries. It sounds like that person is living in your house. So, he should even be going before you get there. Um, if you're a really rugged guy, you can arrange boys to... To put him in check. Yes. Uh, that's not a Christian advice. That's just... It's my own personal opinion. Uh, there are many things that Apostle Paul wrote. He says, it's not God that told me. It's me advising this one. Look for some of your friends that are solid. Or your church member. You know, in and church... They give, they give him tutorial. Yes. <laughs> uh, you have some church members that their salvation is not even is not is not full yet. You know those they are, those they are useful in church, oh, because there are many things that we need to fight for in church that we serious Christians can't fight again. But those people that their Christianity is still they can still fight. Take them there, give me a few slaps here and there. Let them know that that can happen in this house. Draw the boundary lines, you know. And if he's in your house, he has to go that day. He has to. He will not die. All these loaded people are carrying is unnecessary. All right, he needs to leave your house. Maybe draw the boundary line. Let him know it cannot happen. You know, it's not something that should happen again. You know, those are what I feel, Sha. Beating and boundary, BB. <laughs> yeah. All right, this one says, uh, round of applause, Pastor Kevin. <laughs> this one says, what percentage is good to start with in savings and investment? What okay. percentage? Okay, well, basically, um, we, we teach what I call the 70-30 principle. So get the books, 
All these things I explained, 70, 30 principle. And um, it changes at, depending on the seasons of your life. But for basic people you are starting out, we call it 70, 30. So it simply means that for every income that comes into your life, 30% of that money does not belong to you. The first 10% of all your income you give as a tithe. So it doesn't belong to you. Now, the entire 100% belongs to God, but God says, bring me the first tenth as an act of worship in acknowledgement of the fact that I am your source. So if God is not your source, you don't need that. But if God is your source, then you need to do that. Then the second one is 20%. So you need to save 20% of every income that comes into your hand. But minimum, worst case scenario, 10%. So by the time you do 10% tight, 20% savings, you now live within 70% of your income. Whatever 70% of your income cannot afford now is not yet your time to enjoy it. Mm. So whether it's a house, whether it's feeding, whether it's clothing, cut your coat according to your material, mm. not according to your size. If you are oversized and the material cannot sew coat, sew waist coat. If you cannot sew waist coat, do muffler. If you cannot do muffler, do pocket handkerchief. Just represent. Then, there are many things that in your mind, you just think that it must happen. But it doesn't work like that. Mm. For instance, people talk about three square meals. Sidan Tinkan now mm. is three a square or a triangle. It's a triangle. So where do you get three square meals? So you don't live to eat, you eat to live. So you can do one full meal a day and you are good to go. You don't need all these clothes and bling bling. Or when you were in lockdown, how many shoes did you wear? How many resources did you wear? Mm. Many times you spend money on irrelevant things and you don't build a future for yourself. So you are looking good, going into a bleak future. All right. Uh, we're actually running out of time, so I'll just take two more questions. Uh, and, and I just okay. want to add again to what Pastor said. Please, uh, for you as a Christian, it's important you also see giving as an investment. All right? It's important because some people are the size you are in. What you, you, what you can do right now is to sow. When you, when you give, God doesn't necessarily give you money back. He starts to open channels of income for you. Because some of you, where you are right now, it's difficult for you to even apply any of these things. You, you can't even think of how you can save. You can't even think of how you can invest. That's fine. Can you start spiritually? Because you need wisdom. The reason you can't do is that you're not seeing how it can be done. So don't minimize the spiritual part. In my own journey, what helped me was the spiritual part. Alright? Because... God blesses. God begins to bless what you do. You can be an accountant and be a poor accountant. You can be an accountant and be a very rich accountant. Grace can make the difference. You can be a tailor and be a poor one or a rich one. So don't play with the spiritual aspect. Don't let us, you know, think that what pastor is saying is that, oh, this life. No, he's, he's a man of God. So I, I know you know that he can't play with the part. You can see me still mention tithing. Because many people, for you, from you here, that's where your, your own gap is. It's not that you are not smart. It's just that you don't place God as your source. You think it's wisdom that you just need. All right? So you start with God. You begin to build the right foundation. And don't let money, you know, don't overvalue money. Sometimes your peace of mind. Some people have made money and lost their family because they think it's just money. So the difference between godly prosperity and just normal prosperity is that the, one, the godly one covers every aspect of your life. And giving to God makes you kingdom-minded. That means you remember that this is not about money. It's not only about money. Because you can just chase money. The Bible says the prosperity of fools. We destroy them. destroy them. You can lose your family because you, you want to go to another city to go and invest and do business and leave your family in that place for you to raise another family where you are. Hmm. Do you understand? So um, let's not forget that 
godly prosperity is all round. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and, and it added no sorrow. It's a big difference between the worldly prosperity and godly prosperity. Okay. Okay, so we will have just two more questions. This one says, um, how do you deal with a wife who is not willing um, to grow in spiritual things and you always have to force her? How do you deal with such a wife? Okay. Uh, um, again, did you marry her like this and now you want to change your order? You have made order, they brought your food. You now want to change your order. That's going to be tough. However, um, start by being a good example. The Bible is clear about what to do when you have marriage crisis. Do you know the Bible didn't say pray when you have marriage problem? First Peter 3. The Bible says if you're a wife and your husband is not obeying the word, you continue to obey the word. Say by your behavior, you will change. The same thing to the husband. He said, treat your wife according to knowledge. If she's shouting, don't shout back. If she's misbehaving, don't misbehave back. So if your wife is not growing spiritually, you grow spiritually. Grow spiritually to the point where you start telling her, oh, this is what God said, and she sees it come to pass. You start telling her, oh, please don't do this thing, or you pray with her. She will start benefiting from your spiritual growth, and after a while, she'll be drawn into following you on that journey of spiritual growth. The mistake we make as human beings is that we try to change people. You can't change any human being. You can only influence them. All right? So you influence them by you making your own journey look as attractive as possible, and then, you know, they will, they will catch on after a while. Let them see the benefit of your own spirituality. Let them really see it. Alright? Once they see it, it's easier for them to catch on. And for the person that is asking things like, oh, what are practical things? Maybe my wife is more spiritual than me. Very simple. You learn spiritual things the way you learn everything. There are people here that know all the 11 players of Chelsea. You know all the remaining people on the bench. You know all the trophies they have won and the year they won it. That means you, you have a good memory. But you don't know 11 scriptures. The key is interest. You are not yet interested in spiritual things. When you become interested, you, everybody starts with a step. So there's prayer meeting in church. Come for prayer meeting. Um, they, study, they say study this scripture, study it. Start one step at a time. Nobody was born a spiritual giant. We all started with one scripture, one minute prayer, one step at a time. As long as you are interested in spiritual things and you surround yourself with people that also love spiritual things, by default, you will find out that it becomes richer. That's how it happens. And I also think that that's what Pastor Kinsley said. I think that it is very easy to be you, but it's not easy to be somebody. And sometimes we think that just because things come to us with ease, others can also do it the same. And so we have to show grace. Bible said, truth without grace is deadly. Salvation is a journey. It's in three folds. Instant, continuous final. Instant, spirit, continuous soul. Is work. And people are different places in their work with God. And you must show grace and allow them to grow and come along. That grace is deadly. And grace without truth is junk food. So we have to show grace and allow them to find their flow and to come along. Alright. Thank you so much, sir. And for our final question for today, it says, I am loaded with Lots of value, but I'm currently either broke or not making enough money as much as uh, my value no should. How do I create profitability from my skills and graces? Okay, um, money flows in exchange for value. Value means meeting needs, solving problems, answering questions. And the way to be able to get value for your value is to sow your value. 
most of the time you think money first instead of thinking sowing first. If you help other people to get what they want, they will all come together to help you get what you want. So start by offering that your value as a seed. Volunteer. Give it to people as a seed. Bless them. And as you are doing that, your seed will make room for you. God does not make room. It is gifts that make room. God will not make room for you. It is your gift that will make room for you. But an unutilized gift cannot make room. The only way your gift can make room is when you utilize it. And the only way to utilize it is by utilizing it, not by thinking money. So if money is the first thing you are thinking of, it will not work. And then when you get the book, I'm just pushing you back to the book, I have an entire chapter on turning your passion into profits. There are 12 steps to be able to carry that gift. You have to identify the gift. You have to package the gift. You have to position the gift. You have to publicize the gift. So 12 steps that you will take in order for that gift to now begin to bring you. But the first step, since you have identified it, is start sowing it as a seed and harvest will come. Thank you. Prophet, do you want to add to that? Do you want to add to that, Prophet? I mean, not, not to that, but I just think that... Um, your, your teaching is so critical, even to pastors, that I, I, I studied the Bible and I found that, and, and, and some of us also have come from backgrounds where you talk about where we've had to trust God to change our story. And even with ministry, I had to choose between Pauline ministry and Peter's ministry. And I found that Peter was very anointed and and powerful, but really didn't achieve much also because he lacked something to power the vision. I mean, they, they stayed in the upper room and prayed and all that, and the Holy Ghost came and all that, but I mean, if Ananias didn't decide to bring half of the offering, he would curse him. Because <laughs> I mean, there's a kind of frustration that comes with a man of God when you are broke. Because I I don't know I mean he brought something he brought an offering and I called down fire and I died and, and, and the wife came and the wife too but Paul says we made many rich Paul said not that I desire a gift because Paul apart from preaching had serious businesses. And I think it's just liberty that comes to you as a man of God when you have different and multiple streams of income. It frees your ministry and it takes away stress and the blood. And so I chose a Pauline ministry. And I'm a pastor, but I do other things a lot. So um, for those of you that are pastors or you want to go into ministry, I say to people, we need to redefine full-time ministry. You don't go into full-time ministry until your hands are full. And when we say full-time ministry, make sure it is not full-time ministry, F-O-O-L. What is the right definition of full-time ministry? Full-time ministry means that ministry should be your primary assignment, but not your only assignment. If you make ministry your primary and only assignment, you'll be poor. You know why? When they give you prophetic offering and you eat it, you will need another prophetic offering. When they give you love offering, salary, and you eat it, you will need another one. But when you are a full-time pastor, ministry is your primary assignment. By offering value, that impact you make brings money. That money, you now invest it. 
into real estate, into your own books, into product. That means it's your primary, but it is not your only assignment. And then if God call you full time, he call your wife too. So that you and your wife now sit down, you are not doing another thing, and you are waiting for people to start an offering, it can lead to frustration. That's why many churches are shut down in COVID. Because no tithe, no offering, and many pastors are struggling. I pray that God will help us to put balance into what we do, so that we will not go to any extreme. Stay in the place of balance, and God will perfect all things. You will stand. Hallelujah. Come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, show some love. 